welcome to Area Happy Hour. Here are your hosts, Jacob Bell and Hunter Sleppy. Welcome back, everybody. Area Happy Hour, episode two. I'm Jacob Bell, joined, as always, every week with my boy, Hunter Sleppy. Hunter, week two, episode two, in the books. About to start recording, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. We're we're doing this a little late. Uh, we just finished watching the Eldora Million. Uh, they uh, they had races get rained out Wednesday night, and now they did it Thursday. And man, there a lot of races, a lot of good stuff. Old JD Davenport won the Eldora Million, so we're kind of our running. boy Ryan, our boy Ryan Swan's favorite driver, JD. Yeah, shout out Ryan Swan and JD. They let him in the door. Um. But yeah, we're running a little late on this. For me, it's almost 2 a.m. on a Friday, but nope. I don't care. Um, I'm up. I'm wired. I'm ready to go. Yeah, we got a pretty good show for you guys today. We're going to obviously we're gonna recap this week in area at Charlotte. Uh, we have an awesome interview with David Weishart that we recorded on Tuesday after he won his race. Actually, we recorded on Monday after he won the Cup Series race at Charlotte. Uh, we're going to recap the NASCAR race from last weekend and preview the NASCAR race coming up at Sonoma, preview our race coming up at Coda next week, and then also we're going to recap our picks from last week, uh, see how we fared, and uh, make our picks for uh, next next week's race at Coda. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's jump right into it, Hunter. Monday night, I already mentioned it. We got David Weisshart interview coming up next, but it was the Cup race, the Entertainment Cup Series, and David Weisshart did what we thought was going to be impossible for the next few weeks. And he actually held off Jake Nichols to pick up his first win of the season. Yeah. Jake is obviously one of those drivers to always keep an eye out for. He's got a 7,200 I rating. It's literally the highest in the field. He was a pro uh, E NASCAR Coca-Cola I racing driver. So he knows his way around a good bit of these racetracks and especially Charlotte. Um, but yeah, it, Nichols only led one lap. David Weiser yeah. led 115 of the 140 laps. Just an absolutely dominating race from Weishart. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Nichols only leading one. He had to start 21st, which I peaked at the broadcast because I don't even qualify on Monday nights. I like to start in the back and just try to finish the damn thing. Um, but I was watching it, and you guys were showing Nichols, and on his second lap, he was looking really strong, got up into the outside wall, killed his qualifying run right there. Uh, and I honestly, I think that really affected his entire race having to come from the back because we didn't really have a lot of cautions on Monday night. No, we only had four, but they were all like, you know, back to back to back. But we, we would have solid runs in the beginning and then at the very end, long run to finish it out. And I was just waiting for Jake Nichols to kind of, okay, I know he, he, I know he saved his tires up before in previous races. And then right at the very end drives right up to the front and steals the win. Uh, but that, that kind of didn't happen. I was kind of, kind of, uh, caught off guard by that a little bit, but yeah, got to give props to Weishart for driving one whale of a race. Yeah. And we thought watching, you know, there at the end that the Nichols had a little bit saved there and, you know, we had that, I think a later caution and uh, had an opportunity at him, but Weishart, man, he held him off. He drove a good race. We actually kind of, well, not really we, more so I, was was hyping up David and that whole team going into this week. I said, David Weishart Racing is going to be really strong on Monday night. They'll probably have the most cars in the top five. I kind of was right. They they split. We had five different, no, actually it was Fazekas. had a third from Alan Balanchino and a fourth from Dominic DeLeo. So I guess they actually had the most cars in the top five, but ultimately Weishart won the race. 
Uh, my pick was Cameron Hearn. He ended up finishing seventh. Your pick was James Scioli. Uh, I actually got into the caution uh, that ended James's – well, not really ended James's night, but ended our night uh, in terms of winning the race. Uh, he ended up 17th. Uh, Garrett was looking strong. Chris was looking strong. But ultimately, it came down to the boss man picking up the dub. Uh, and then we kind of touched on this a little bit last week. And uh, we'll get into the points, too, here in a second for the Cup Series. But we talked about how Tyler Nichols does that just perfect job of kind of hanging around in these races and being there at the end and finishing top 10. Sixth place finish, Charlotte, on Monday night after starting 25th, right on cue, right on right on brand for him. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about his brother a lot, Jay, because he's always up there. Tyler does a good job at, you know, staying out of trouble, keeping his car clean. And, you know, props to him. Got a solid finish, P6. Uh, really helping him and that solar flare team out a lot. Yeah, and, and because of that, when you look at the standings now, you see Jake Nichols at the top. David Weishart, Cameron Hearn, Dominic DeLeo, and James Guy, only top five, and then sixth place, Tyler Nichols. He's got four top tens on the season, no top fives, but but he's hanging in there. And then when you look at the playoff picture, it's really starting to get tight around that 10th spot. And, Hunter, I think one thing that we got to keep in mind for these Cup Series points is where our winners shake out. There was a moment where Brad Slaughter Jr., he had the win, but he slipped outside the top 20. He's now worked his way back up to 15th. Ryan Hartz right now has a win, and he is in that 20th position, so there's a chance he slips out. And remember, an area for these guys to make the playoffs, they have to stay in the top 20 and have a win for it to be you know, the thing that uh, qualifies them for the playoffs. So that battle is going to come down to the wire, and obviously you know, we, we talk to Ryan Swan all the time, and he's sitting there in that 8th spot, and he's not feeling comfortable about it one bit. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, but that – if that does happen, where Hearts is out the top twenty, and that'll open the door for another driver, oh, it's gonna get it's gonna get pretty intense. And we've only got three races left before the playoffs. Yeah, and one one of those being Coda next week, and then Nashville, which is probably the most normal track because the week after that we have Talladega to end the regular season. So <laughs> it's gonna come down to the wire, and I just know that Talladega race is gonna be drama filled. Oh, every series it's going to be drama filled because you're going to have guys that are going to give it their all, trying to you know win, and you're in, and then they're they're going to make aggressive moves, and then we're going to have big wrecks, we're going to have cars flipping and and dipping and whatnot, and then we'll have <laughs> some upset drivers afterwards. But you know, that, that's part of it being a cutoff race at a super speedway where it gives everyone basically a fair shot at trying to win. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to go into the cutoff race for the playoffs at Talladega. And we're going to look at somebody in like the seventh, eighth, ninth place spot right around that range. And we're going to say, Oh, they're a lock. They're totally going to make it in. And then next thing we know, they're going to wreck early in the race, finish dead last. Somebody outside the top 15 is going to get the win and just completely jumble up the standings and, and knock somebody out there at the last moment. Uh, but that, you know, that's still a couple weeks away. So we wanted to, Touch there on the Cup Series and how their race went on Monday Monday night and then Tuesday night. We switched it over to the Truck Series, Hunter. It was it was a pretty good race, honestly. A lot of different strategies going on. We had Brad Sauter and Colin Fanbro uh, being the beneficiaries of taking tires at the right time. Uh, they somehow knew when that last caution was going to come, and they were like the only two to come down pit road. And because of that, they were able to outlast everybody and finish 1-2 uh, with, with a pretty big, pretty big margin back to Ryan Hartz there in third. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, excuse me, like I said, it is is about 2 a.m. here when we're recording this, so, well, eh, I'm good. But, yeah, I'm looking through here. Slaughter led 34 laps, Ryan Hartz led 37, Garrett Graham led the most at uh, 
39. Yeah, uh, Garrett was upset. Yeah, Garrett, I talked to him after the race, and he was was very upset. And he said, damn it, man, this was my shot to win. And, you know, he felt like just because he didn't take tires at the right time, it kind of cost him. And he, and he felt like he got screwed out of that race and uh, felt bad for the guy leading the most laps. Obviously, you know, you, you think you're uh, you think you're in the right spot and uh, just a little decision like that altered his race. Brad was, you know, very opportunistic there and, and was able to hold him off. And uh, Fambro had a good charge there at the end, too. So I, it, it was kind of coming down to the wire. It was a lot like Gateway, I felt like where uh, you know, I, I could get about half a second away from Brad at that last run, and then it was kind of more so just Brad managing that gap back to second to make sure he won. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Brad winning back-to-back races, uh, it's obviously going to boost him and his confidence going into the playoffs and, you know, try to defend that truck championship that he had from Season 1. Yeah, and the, the best thing about Season 1 – and Brad will bring this up every now and then. I don't know if everybody listening knows this, but Brad Slaughter Jr. won the Truck Series Championship in Season 1, obviously. The most impressive thing to me was that he led the points every single week in that series. And you wouldn't really know it from the way the races went. We had a lot of different winners, a lot of good racing up front. But Brad won the season opener at Daytona and just was in first the entire way to the end. This season's been a little different. Him and Paul Irvin have been swapping the points lead back uh, for pretty much this entire year. But now, you like you mentioned, Brad gets the back-to-back wins. He's now got a 19-point cushion on Paul Irvin, uh, who finished outside the top 10 at Charlotte on Monday night. So that that's obviously, like you said, that's building his confidence. Uh, th- that regular season championship is huge this season, Hunter, because in each series now, last season, the regular season champion got 15 playoff points. This season, it's 30. So all of these positions are doubled, and, and it really means a lot more. And when you look at the playoff races, you got Martinsville, you got Charlotte Roval. Th- those playoff points are going to – really be key to try and uh you know to try to keep you alive through those through those races and in between each round yeah it's uh it's a lot more valuable than it was wow i didn't i didn't realize that was 30 points now that is that is huge yeah we got 30 points for the regular season title i want to say 15 for second 12 for third or something like that along those lines. I probably should know the numbers a little bit better, but it's a lot of points, man. And each win is also five points, you know, five playoff points to your bucket. So Brad's got, you know, if he's able to hold on for this regular season championship, I mean, we are going to Talladega. He is notoriously good at the restrictor plate tracks. Maybe he gets another win there. That's, you know, three wins, 15 playoff points there in the championship would be 30. You're talking about 45 playoff points. That's, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole race pretty much of, of a buffer. Yeah, and you mentioned how good he is at Super Speedways. He won the Area 500, the first cup race of the season. And then after that, he was like, eh, I really wasn't going to do the whole cup schedule. But after winning that, well, why not? And now we'll be going after it for not only the Truck Series, but the Cup Series as well. Yeah, and, and speaking of the touch, uh, touching on building confidence like Brad Slaughter, Fambro, another second place run. He just keeps getting closer and closer, and it's – it's kind of crazy when you look at some of the past winners in area and you, and you look at, you know, just the varying level of drivers we have. And then you see Colin Vambro without a win. You just know his time is right around the corner. Uh, rounding up our top five from Charlotte Tuesday night, Ryan Hart's in third, Cameron Hearn in fourth, and Ed Robertson in fifth in just his second truck race. So uh, Ed actually talked to me a couple weeks ago. He said he's not able to run the Lodgebox Series anymore on Thursday nights, so he switched over to Tuesday nights. Obviously not playoff eligible, but he's, you know, having some fun playing down in the truck series. Yeah. Uh, Ed's always been a solid driver and seeing him now go to the truck series, uh, due to 
due to other circumstances. I mean, it, it's it's different to see, and you know, he's doing a good job so far. Second start, top uh, starting the top ten at starting. Yeah, starting the top uh, top ten in the tenth spot, got home that top five finish. So who knows? Uh, keep an eye on the Muffin Man in the Truck Series. Yep. Well, and then speaking of the Lodge Box Series, that race just wrapped up tonight, about a couple hours ago, and Hunter Sleppy was on the call with Harold Darner up in the booth on our Twitch channel, and you got to see Alan Elwood score the victory. Uh, I don't know what the title was, was for this race, but we should have just called it the uh, new guy, like 300, because we had, I think, seven <laughs> guys making their first start. Oh, it might have been six or seven guys, but yeah, had a bunch of new faces in it. it it's always good to see that, um, especially for the Lodgeback series, because, you know, the car count kind of lower in, in this series yep. compared to, say, the truck series or the cup series. We had... 34 cars entered for tonight's race. And that was, uh, that was something different. Uh, good to see all Most the new the faces season. out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Charlotte being the free track that comes with I racing, it's typically, you know, from my years of league racing, I would say you, you kind of always see like a jump at those kind of tracks in terms of car count. But yeah, we had those seven guys show up and a lot of controversy there. I think out of the, I think we had what six cautions tonight. Yeah. And I think four of them, I want to say was guys making their first start. Um, I was actually up in the admin tower with Brad Slaughter and Ryan Hartz and, you know, Eric Weiland was up there for a little bit. And, you know, I talked to those guys after the race that were making their first start. I was like, I was telling them, look, you know, when this is your first race out here, goal number one should be just don't have your name called. You don't want to be in a caution. You don't want to cause a caution. You just want to finish the race. If you get a top 10, great. And then you move on and you, and you kind of start earning the respect of, you know, your fellow drivers, the guys who have been here. And, uh, you know, kind of maybe fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of the guys that were making their first start tonight, uh, you know, we've had a lot of experience with in the past. Brody Hayes, the Lipster brothers, a lot of those guys raced over in extreme. And obviously that's where a big core of our community came from. So there was that prior experience and uh, definitely made for some interesting, you know, on track activity where, uh, you know, we saw Brody Hayes and Danny Ware going after one another. And uh, Danny takes a lot to get wound up, but man, he got pretty wound up with that tonight. Um, so we'll kind of see where that goes going forward, who, you know, the, the admin team decides to let race next week at Coda. Um, but nonetheless, let's talk about the top five, Alan Elwood, Davey Hendricks, Shane Thuren, and Elwood designs esports one, two, three, then Bryce Senesak and David Weishart rounding them out. Yeah. Uh, Elwood designs, uh, those drivers they are always fast up there for, uh, for the lodge bike series and especially your Alan, um, you know, he, he missed Rockingham the last time because he was actually in Charlotte uh, for the Coke 600, and his seats were, like, on the opposite end of the quad oval when Bush's flip happened. But he, he went to a great race, but he had to, unfortunately, miss Rockingham, and that's why I allowed Weisart to get the victory. And, you know, Weisart was able to come back for tonight, and I think he's going to do a little more of the Lodge Box series from here on out. Uh, but, you know... Allen, you know, he missed last week and he, he didn't, he didn't want to let that go away. Like, you know, missing a race and, um, just didn't, just didn't sit right with him. And he decided I'm going to go out here. I'm going to win. I'm going to lead the most laps. He did just that because yeah. it, it was between either him or Davey Hendricks. Shane Thierney was close, but I really couldn't quite make a move. And then, uh, right before Elwood made the move on Hendricks for the lead, I'm like, you think, uh, Harold, do you think that he'll uh, sit back and let Davey win, or is he going to try and go at it? And literally, as soon as I ended my sentence, 
He pulled out line on the backstretch, made the move, and got the lead. I'm like, well, there goes that. He's going for the win. <laughs> well, and what's crazy, like you said, he missed last week's race, or two weeks ago, I guess, race at Rockingham. And there's a chance he still ends up with the regular season championship. He's second in points right now after missing a race, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. It's kind of like giving up, you know, 30, 40 points, like spotting the field an extra 30 points. And uh, not not seeming to be an issue for Mr. Elwood. So third win of the season tonight. The only driver in the Lodgebox series with multiple wins. So tonight was race nine, and we've had seven different winners already. He's the only one that's won more than one race. So he's definitely ma- making his mark on the series. But how about Adam Caps, Hunter? I heard you talking about him on the broadcast tonight. Yeah, he uh, he got up there in the top five for the most part and was running in second at one point. It looked like he was going to take the lead away uh, from Davey Hendricks. But, you know, you know Adam Caps, he's... He runs like middle-ish in the pack most most weeks, but it was just refreshing to see a new face up there, him and anywhere. They were both deep in the Lodgebox series points coming into the race, and they were both having solid top five runs, and that was kind of through the first cycle of Green Flag Pit Stop. I was, I was looking through, and it was going to cycle through. Okay, it's going to be Skyoli, Elwood, uh, Danny Ware, and Adam Caps. I'm like, whoa. Did Caps even fit? Oh, Caps fitted. Okay. I I don't know why. I just, you just don't expect that from time to time. Uh, And, you know, this time it was a little different for Adam Caps. And he had a really fast car. Uh, Sucks they didn't get a top five because he deserved it. And, I mean, since the second half of the race, he was up there inside the top five. But, you know, I just got to give props to him because he had a really, really solid race tonight. Yeah, gets the, gets the sixth place finish. His first top ten of the season Moves him all the way up to 15th place in points. So he's right outside of that playoff bubble. And you got to remember, Ed Robertson is one of those guys who's locked in, but he is actually not going to be able to run the rest of the season. So he's going to drop out. So when you put that into place, that actually makes Adam Capps effectively 14th in the standings. So looking at that, you know, he's got Joe Hazard in front of him, Rick Christensen and Forrest Smith. If he's able to, you know, have string a couple good runs together next week at Coda, and then, you know, Nashville and Talladega, we might be talking about Adam Caps in the playoffs, but he has he notoriously said that he he prefers the Xfinity cars. It seems to be where he has his best runs, you know, that and as well as the Arca Series last season. Um, so, it was, it, like you said, it was good to see him have a good run tonight. Also really good to see Garrett Grant, uh, you know, pretty strong tonight. Ricky Harden, good to see him back in the series with the top 10. Jordan Martin uh, with a ninth place finish, and then Chris Sida finding rounding out the top 10. And then a new guy, Best, I guess we got to give him some kind of award, right? He was the best new guy tonight. Matthew Rodriguez, first start, finishes 11th. And that's what you want. Kind of what I was trying to tell, you know, a couple of the other guys. Matthew Rodriguez, we didn't call his name all night. Wasn't in a caution, didn't cause a caution, finishes 11th, runs all the laps, moves on to next week. That's how you kind of earn your stripes, I feel like. Yeah, he was he was up there towards the top 10 for a little bit of the night. It's really stayed out of trouble, you know, just kind of feeling the car out but i gotta give props to uh uh willie nelson as well that now no not the not the country music singer his name is actually willie nelson i thought that was super cool (laughs) but yeah willie he ran yep i was gonna say he was up there in the top 10 as well and then he had that little dust up with uh brody brody hayes and and danny Ware. brody hayes gotta give props to him too he qualified on the pole and slowly fell back towards the top five uh, top 10 ish then he had that run in with danny Ware. but uh, i feel like him willie nelson and uh matthew rodriguez they all three of those guys had solid nights for the most part in their first start 
yeah, Willie, he ran back with us uh, back in the Extreme Motorsports days. He, uh, everybody, iconic name there for Willie. I mean, how could you not mention that? That that's his name. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Tim Richmond in the Arca series. <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's it's one of those names that just stands out, and you're like, is that? I honestly, I think there was a couple guys first couple seasons in Extreme when he was there. You had a double take, and you and you ask, is that Willie Nelson racing with us? Doesn't really add up, but is it? <laughs> but but yeah, so that was rounding out our Thursday night race in our Lodgebox series. And with that, Hunter, I do want to throw it over to the interview we had on Monday with David Weishart. Fantastic interview. Talked about a lot of cool stuff. Got into the teams. Got into you know him leaving Samson Motorsports to start his own team. Who his vetting process was for the drivers he picked. Uh, it was a really good conversation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll we'll cut the chit chat and we'll let the interview go and speak for itself. What's up, everybody? We are here now with David Weishart after his big win tonight here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. David finally got you a victory here in the Cup Series in Season 2, able to hold off Jake, man. Talk about your race and, and kind of what it felt like to actually you know hold off Jake and, and get that victory out of the way. Yeah, it feels nice. It uh, been a long t- been a long time coming. Um, the season hasn't started off uh, exactly how I wanted it to. Uh, we've I've been in position a few times, me and my teammate James, and uh, some cautions just haven't fell our way. So it was nice to get the monkey off my back and to hold off. You know, the the uh, fastest guy in the league is uh, was a bonus tonight. Yeah, it's funny because we actually scheduled to do this interview and have David on before the race happened. And then he actually went out and won tonight, Hunter. So I feel like we're going to have a crowd of people now trying to get on the podcast next week because they want to get to victory lane. I was going to say, I was thinking, you know, during the race, I'm like, you know, wouldn't that be cool if he won and then we brought him on? And, (laughs) you know, it actually happened. It was uh, pretty neat to see. So, David, we kind of want to go like kind of deeper into the background outside of just the on track stuff and kind of, you know, what really got you into iRacing in the first place. So what was that thing that kind of brought you over to iRacing? I know for me, it was, you know, watching it when Dale Jr. was starting and I just got super into that. I was playing video games and I was like, I got to get into iRacing. And that's kind of what like got me over. But, you know, what brought you over here? To be honest with you, it was my brother, Chris. Um, I had heard about iRacing uh, before, but I had mostly just done a bunch of console things. And um, we went over to me and my buddy Garrett Grant went over to his house one day and uh, he had this little, uh, little bitty wheel. It was like not it, the real wheel rotation only went 90 degrees to the left, 90 degrees to the right. It had no force feedback. It was a so wheel he, he that was I on the, the Ryan Swan settings. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure it uh it was a wheel that i had had back when i was a kid i used to play like nascar racing four like on the pc like before nr 2003 and um he uh he he was like hey man i i'm i've got i racing and and i got this wheel let's try to get on it so we shared um his account for a while and i was like i, I gotta get my own account and i got to uh I got to get that for myself. So that's how I started on iRacing back in 2017. I uh, started oh. off on a started off on a uh, little uh, T150 and graduated graduated to bigger and better things from that point. So, uh, so it's been a fun ride. I have I've had some success. So in 2017, I, I thought I mean I joined back in 2013. I thought you would have been around that time too, considering you know how quick you are normally. So 2017 wasn't that long ago. No, no, it really wasn't. And, um, 
I was a little late to the bandwagon. I know a lot of people have had it a lot longer than I have. So, uh, it's been a, it's been a fun ride though. It's, uh, it's my favorite hobby. I've dumped a lot. I've dumped a lot of money into this and, yeah. uh, I, thought, I enjoy it quite a bit. I thought he was going to say, I dumped a lot of people doing this. Well, my, my early days, I've probably done quite a bit of that too, man. <laughs> so 2017, you get iRacing and you get all set up and then you finally get your own account. What, brought you into extreme because i know that was the first league that we were a part of together and, and a lot of people that are in area now were initially a part of uh extreme motorsports um you know back around that time what kind of brought you into that league and then transitioned you all the way over to area yeah so uh me and garrett and chris's buddy travis mcdaniel he had a league and we were just happened to be in an official race with him and we're all louisville cardinal fans because that's that's the local team that's where we're from we're Shout from out. southern indiana yeah, right across the river from Louisville. So we've been Louisville supporters, and his was a uh, a uh, college uh, football league. Like you ran the scheme of your favorite team, which uh, iRacing now does. They they do the college the college series. So uh, that's kind of where it all started. And then he was on uh, active duty, uh, so he had to go deploy and couldn't run anymore. And we were looking for an, another league to run in, and <clears throat> he had run an extreme uh, before, and. Uh, recommended that to us and we went over there and a lot of the a lot of the rules he had in his league came over from extreme so it was uh it was a pretty seamless transition uh at that point yeah and then that's obviously where you and me met uh was racing at extreme and we were there for a while and then obviously i know i know how we all came over to area but kind of explain to all those guys listening you know what that transition was like for you on your end and uh from samson motorsports end really because that was the team you were on to going from extreme over to area what caused it, what made you guys go and, and make the jump and kind of talk to us about that time. Yeah. You know, it, it was, um, I ran one season, uh, on my own and, um, uh, and extreme. And then the extreme started that team deal and, and, uh, Curtis approached me at Samson and, uh, we all joined from that point. We had some good success over there, but, uh, as far as when it comes to, to, uh, coming over to area, you know, there was, uh, some behind the scenes issues that, uh, that, uh, we were having disagreements on and, uh, we just felt like, uh, that this was, uh, going to be a better opportunity. You, you, uh, you put it all together and, uh, we, d we just felt like it was going to be like, like from rivalry racing to, uh, to extreme. It was just, it was a seamless, uh, transition. You know, we, when you approach us about it, you know, we, we couldn't wait to get on board. You know, we were, we were one of the the frontline frontline teams over there, over here, so uh, it was a smooth transition. It's been a fun ride so far. Yeah, I always say you, Curtis, and uh, that whole Samson, you know, bunch initially was really like the group that kind of helped jumpstart this whole thing. Because without you guys fully committing, it probably wouldn't even you know went anywhere. Um, but anyways, back back to Curtis. You were saying how you drove for Samson initially. Uh, in extreme, how did that all happen? How'd you get on? How'd you get on Samson Motorsports? How did Curtis approach you, and what was that conversation like? Yeah, I didn't even know Extreme was gonna go to the team deal. I I hadn't heard anything about it yet, and um, it was after one race. Uh, I can't. I don't exactly remember what race it was, but uh, he approached me uh, after a race and was like, "Hey, man, would you uh, you want to race for us? Uh, we're start uh, Extreme starting this team deal." You know, we really like you in the Cup Series because I was still in the Truck Series at this time, you know, and I was, you know, I don't, not to sound arrogant, but I was, I was kind of tearing it up down there, you know, and uh, 
Um, and, uh, he approached me to do that and I did it and I was like, Hey man, I got a, I got a buddy over here. He's pretty good. My brother, you know, uh, we're pretty much, uh, a, uh, a package deal. So, um, I got on there and brought them with me and, uh, we've, uh, we had a bunch of success over there. That was, um, I, I really enjoyed my time over there. That was um, a lot of fun. We won a couple team championships in a row. I, I personally won. Um, a couple championships over there. So, um, those are memories that I look back on, uh, very fondly. What was, what was the team environment like for Samson at that time? Oh, it was, it was super laid back. You know, um, everybody that came in, you know, we had our, we had our core drivers there, but you know, we had a couple every year that, that rotated in and out and, um, we just made it known and Curtis made it known every, you know, it was laid back, but everybody was expected to do their job. You know, don't put the team in a compromising position, you know, just go out there, run your race, have fun, um, and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but that, that's what Curtis stressed. Just go out there, have fun. And with, with your buddies, you know, that's what we're all out here to do. And, um, it, it, it really worked out for a long time there. Yeah, I, I always try to tell people, and Hunter, don't feel don't feel afraid to jump in whenever whenever you got was, something to add. I was but. gonna say this is all stuff that I like don't know about because I'm yeah, so this new was... to i racing. I don't even have i racing, and <laughs> I'm just I'm just listening to to the stories and whatnot. Well, you kind of joined with us like on the back end of Extreme, uh, but we yeah. were there for a couple years before that. Um, but kind of back to your point there, David, about like the team thing. That's what I always try to tell people is when you have a team, you know, in an iRacing league or something like this, I think it's so much more effective and, and just honestly more fun to approach it with that attitude of just, Hey, you know, you know, just show up, do your best. If we don't win, we don't win, but you know, let's just try to approach this as a team and, and not take it too serious. I really think that's the key. Oh yeah, for sure. That, that's the key. I, I wish I could, I wish I could get a little bit of that. Sometimes I, uh, there's times in practice, man. I'll if I don't win practice, there's sometimes I'm mad. If it's a track that um, if it's if it's a track I really like, if I don't even win practice, I'm kind of upset. So uh, like even tonight, I, I thought I had a car for the a car for the pole, and uh, I messed it up a little bit in qualifying, and, and ended up starting fourth. And I was beat myself up about that. But uh, yeah, it, uh, the the main key behind this whole thing between the league and I racing all together is we're all just out here having fun. Yeah, I was kind of signaling there. I wanted to see if Hunter wanted to, to jump in to ask, because we wrote down some questions. And since you kind of brought up area, uh, moving to this season, you know, one of my questions I wrote down was, how would you rank this season in your eyes so far for yourself? Um, For myself, I give it a, uh, a C plus, B minus. It's not been my best season. I, uh, I had some run-ins with uh, one driver a couple times earlier in this season, and kind of, kind of. Uh, who was the driver? Uh, he who <laughs> shall not be named. Oh, that's what the podcast is for, man. We gotta uh, get Yeah, I, I didn't really have some run-ins. I, I had some run-ins, like, but it was just hard racing for the most part with Connor Okrezik, and uh, you know he's apologized a couple times. A couple times he's apologized for something, and I've just straight up told him it wasn't his fault. It was, it was just hard racing, but, uh, we had a few run-ins earlier in the season, but you know, that's, I mean, that's not a big deal, you know, to start the season, the whole cup series, it together was having a rough start to the season. Yeah. So it, uh, but it's gotten better since then. And, uh, and the season's kind of turned around a little bit, had some, had some clean, this is my first clean race I've had, in, uh, at this season, every other, I, this, every other race I've finished with some sort of damage. So, uh, 
But like I said earlier, there's been some races that uh, me and my teammate James have had. We've come, I mean, within an inch of of having the perfect strategy and a caution just comes up. But, you know, that's uh, that's racing sometimes. I was going to say the, the, the run in with, o, with O'Kresic, um, would you say that was kind of like your low light of the season? Cause you said it did happen towards the beginning of the season, but now things are starting to like balance out. Yeah. The, the one that I was actually the most upset with and it, not even at him, just upset at the whole situation was Phoenix. It was the second race of the year. I, I thought I had a car to win. Um, I, I, I thought I had the best personally. I thought I had the best car. Um, and then I, I, th- I think I got shuffled back on some strategy and some pit stops. And uh, he made a three-wide move towards the end of the race, which that's what it is, you know. But uh, I think I got a late call from my spotter and, and didn't know. And Brad Slaughter moved up to give Connor room, and I, I didn't I didn't know he was – I didn't know Connor was there. So I ended up getting in the wall. And with these cup cars, with the next-gen cars, you can't – you just can't make evasive moves like that like you could in the old Gen 6 car. Uh, the old Gen 6 car, you kind of toss those things around and go wherever you wanted. Uh, and this next Gen car, if you have one quick twitch of a wheel to make an adjustment, and uh, and uh, you're on the edge of wrecking. So uh, that's what happened to me there. Uh, that's the one that's starting the most, like I said, because I, I felt like I really had the car to win that. And um, and it, it just kind of spiraled from there. It kind of set the season off on a bad note. And the next couple races just uh, weren't that good for me. So, yeah. Uh, and we've, you've obviously turned it around since then, and we're ironically, like we said earlier, filming this after your first cup win of the season. That was one of the questions I had. I think I know the answer, though, is what's been your highlight of the season? Hunter kind of referred to the low light, your run-ins with Okrezik week two, just bad start to the year. But so far, what, what would you say has been your highlight? I, I think I might know the answer. but Yeah, obviously the highlight is tonight. Uh, before before tonight, if you'd asked me, before the race, it would have been last week at uh, Rock or uh, two weeks ago at Rockingham. That's what I was um, thinking too. It, it uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Rockingham. I was so looking forward to that race, but uh, yeah, tonight's tonight's the highlight. I led you know eighty percent of the race and just had a clean, quiet race, if you can call that a quiet race. But uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun tonight. Uh, to just go, out, honestly, it was just fun to go out and have a clean race and uh, to get mm-hmm. the win with just the cherry on top. Yeah, you talked about Rockingham. That battle was was something else I wanted to get into because, you know, you you were definitely one of the fastest guys out there. But it looked like at the end of the race at Rockingham, Colin Fambro, who's actually your driver on Tuesday nights on David Weishart Racing, uh, he was running you down there at the end, and you had to throw some blocks, and, and you guys had to race elbows up those last forty laps or so. And uh, I know it was probably fun behind the driver's seat. Oh yeah, Rock, Rockingham's always a lot of fun from the driver's seat. Um, I really enjoy that track. It's, it's really a driver's track. You know, you got to really manage the tires and, um, unlike, you know, some of the tracks and the car combinations we have nowadays, it's just, you know, you don't have to ease back into the gas or ease out of it. It's just all the way in or all the way out. And there's really no repercussions for it unless you uh, get into somebody. But, uh, yeah, I was really looking forward to that. And I know we had a, we had a spirited battle there at the end. That's, that's hard racing. I hope he looks at it the same way. Um, I'm not one to really throw big blocks. And if that had happened early in the race, I, I honestly don't think I would have done that. Um, I didn't think the block was that, that, that big anyway. Um, but we're racing for the win. And on that sl- slippery surface, you know, it's just, and at Rockingham, if you enter the corner too, uh, too light or too hard, it, it makes a big difference there. And uh, I didn't mean to run him down there on the apron. That, that wasn't my goal at all. 
uh, I, I like I said, I, I wouldn't want that done to me, and I don't like doing that to to other people. But uh, you know, going back to what I said earlier, I, I've had a rough start to the season in the Cup car, and and I just go run the Xfinity races for fun. Uh, I'm not running for points. You know, I'm already I'm not even playoff eligible anymore. So uh, I was just looking at it to go out there and have fun and. I really wanted to win to get some momentum built back up, and uh, luckily it looks like uh, looks like that's uh, happened. I've, we're entering a stretch here of the season that uh, these tracks I'm I really enjoy racing at. Yeah, I I think uh, you mentioned that on the broadcast tonight too. After you won at Charlotte, uh, that you know this stretch, you know you got Coda coming up next race, and then uh, Nashville where you won in season one coming up, and then Talladega at the end of the reg- to end the regular season. So. I mean, these next three races, what are your expectations there? Now that you have the winning cup, you're pretty much locked into the playoffs. What are you, what are you going to try to uh, make out of, you know, Coda, Nashville, and then Talladega? Well, obviously the goal is to win. Um, I, I like Coda a lot. It's my favorite road course. If it, I'm not a big road course guy, but if we're going to go to a road course, that's the one I like to go to. Um, I have pretty good success there. And, and, you know, like you said, at Nashville, um, I won there last year, so – I got a lot of confidence going in there. I, I don't like Talladega. I don't like super speedway racing. That just is what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've, if there's any time for me to get some momentum built up, it's right now. Cause, uh, you know, Charlotte and Charlotte, uh, Coda and Nashville are, are my, my bread and butter. You could say, I guess. Who would be the person to kind of steal your bread and butter? Like, like say your, your biggest rival. That's what I'm kind of hitting. At. I know you had, some runs with Okresic. I'm not sure if he's your your biggest rival, but is there like someone on the track where you just can't stand to race around? And if it'll take like one small thing to like flip a switch and just go push all after the edge. him, yeah, push <laughs> him over the edge. You know, I honestly don't know if there's one person that I can point out specifically that I just don't like racing against. You know, I, I really haven't had. Um, outside of the the Okresic stuff, and that wasn't even most of that was just hard racing. Uh, but I mean, honestly, I, I don't have one person that I just don't enjoy racing around, um, in the cup series. Um, but I mean, if I had to pick like a rival, that's like, like not, uh, not that I don't like racing around it, but obviously I judge everything I do almost every week off of, uh, whatever Jake Nichols is doing and whatever my teammate, uh, James Scioli is doing. Um, I think, um, and, and to, uh, to an extent, Cameron Hearn, you know, those are the the cream of the crop in the cup series. Um, and you always got to see what they're doing and, and what lines are running, how they're, how they're driving a track. So, um, in any race, I think those, those three right there are the ones that, um, that I strive to beat the most that, uh, I know if I'm going to win a race, it's got to go through, uh, those other three drivers for sure. Is there any difference in how you race those three? Let's, let's say it's, you know, 20 to go and, either you're tracking them down or they're tracking you down. Do you race Jake Nichols or, or Cameron Hearn and James Scioli? Do you race any of those three differently, uh, you know, for, for, you know, in a situation where you're racing for a win or is it kind of just all out all the time? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll race James Scioli a lot different. That's my car. Uh, to be honest, yeah, to be Drake, honest you with should you. know that. Yeah, well, that's, no, uh, but I mean, that's to, my to car. So, yeah. to Junior Motorsports credit, they're racing each other just as hard for the win and their teammates every week in Xfinity. So it was an honest question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally get that. But uh, I guess the only difference it would be is if I'm racing James Scioli for the win, I may 
not uh i may not do some hail mary dive bomb uh for a win especially now that i have a win and i know he's been knocking on the door but uh like if it's if it's um if it's jake or cameron or anybody else um i'd probably maybe try like a last second bump and run or a last second dive bomb to get my nose in there but um if it's james obviously i'm not going to go in there and put uh put both of us at jeopardy uh, if it's, if we're having a, that good of a team night. So, uh, I would race J- any of my teammates a little bit differently. I may not be as aggressive, but obviously, you know, and as a team, we, we all have, you know, we've had a talk, you know, what, you know, when it's, uh, when the chips are on the table and, and the pay windows open, you know, we're, it's every man for himself. We got to go for it. But, uh, we, uh, we also know not to, uh, to wreck each other. Well, you talked about James being one of your drivers, and that was one of the things I wanted to get to was, you know, you came from Samson Motorsports, and you were racing for Curtis Ballmer, who was your team owner, and now you're David Weishart racing in the Cup and the Truck Series. Uh, what was that transition like, you know, going from Samson as a driver to going full in on the team owner aspect? Yeah, it uh, – I don't really know. It um, it was weird. Um uh, Curtis just uh, he I always wanted to own my own team even back when we were extreme we had, had talks about me owning maybe a truck team and that was uh that was ultimately my goal and then Kurt didn't know what he was going to do with the um with Samson Motorsports he didn't know if he was going to return as a team and whatnot and um then he finally said he wasn't going to he was like we could race um uh, if we wanted to but we weren't going to be racing for team points and I, and I just um I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't interested in that. So I branched out and started my own team. And, um, uh, what yeah, did Kurt I mean, think it's... about that when, when you told him that you were going your own, own direction? You know, it, uh, I didn't really have too many conversations with him about it. I think, um, he, uh, obviously you got to kind of expect, um, uh, if you're not going to run for team points, you're probably going to lose some drivers and, um, I, uh, like I said earlier, you know, me, Garrett and Chris were pretty much a package deal and I thought we were going to be a hundred percent package deal. Me and Chris jumped on board to, um, uh, he's Chris, my brother sponsors our team, half of our cars, uh, with his card business. So he jumped on board and Garrett took a little convincing, but once, uh, once Kurt said he for sure wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna field a team for team points, Garrett came aboard and, and, you know, Kurt, Kurt still, whenever he does run the trucks, he, he runs with our team, you know, he doesn't collect team points for us or nothing, but he runs in the same discord with them guys. And, uh, they all still seem to have uh, a lot of fun racing with him. So that's good. And, um, yeah, I mean, our team is, um, our team's pretty stout. It, I mean, most of it's pretty much Samson Motorsports, so it's just kind of rebranded almost. How did you, you mentioned you and, uh, uh, Garrett Grant and J, uh, Chris Sidified and were package deals. So you had your three drivers there. How'd you find your fourth? Who'd you look at? You know, who did you almost have? What drivers were you looking at for that fourth spot in the cup and truck series? Well, originally I was just going to field it for us three. It was just going to be us three. We were going to, in the cup series anyway, we were, it was just going to be us and just go out there and have fun. And, uh, we changed, there was a rule change in the off season about, uh, which team drivers score points, you know? And, um, I was like, well, it'd be nice to have a four. So the first person I contacted was Cameron Hearn. I knew he was probably going to be a free agent. And he's, you know, last season was the talk of the town. You know, he's leaving winning Elwood all the races. And, yeah, leaving yeah, that team. Yep, yeah, leaving Elwood and leaving Infinite. And so I first contacted him, and he was kind of non-committal 
uh, it all happened really fast and he was kind of non-committal and wanted to see what you know what else kind of was out there and uh, i contacted uh james scioli the next person and um i was like hey man i got a spot open because you know i don't want to i don't want to throw all my eggs in one basket and uh so i contacted james and uh, his response was that uh, he wanted to drive for us, and you know, if there was a team out there that he wanted to drive for, it, it would be our team. Uh, so, and that was my main thing. If I was going to go get a fourth driver, I wanted a driver that wanted to be on our team. Uh, so once he said that, uh, yeah, he goes, he, you know, we're the team he wants to drive for. We we signed him, and and James had his own success last season in the in the Xfinity car. Uh, he only won one race, but uh, there was one race he dominated. He should have won and then ended up getting disqualified. We had to restart a server, and then we restarted the server, and it gets wrecked in turn one. So uh, he's fast every week. He's been proving that uh, week in and week out so far this season in the cup car, and he's going to get a win. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I also wanted to, you know, just a fun question here. So I'm more so curious as a, you know, a fellow team owner in area if there was somebody not on your team right like you could pick anybody in the series that you would want to come drive for you who would you pick and, wh- and why would you pick them uh-oh oh that's a tough question if tough question, like, <laughs> like so i can't pick any of my my current guys if i had to pick go outside of my team to go yeah, get outside, somebody outside of your team who's the one guy if everybody was going to say yes to you who's the one guy you'd go to first to get on your team you know, honestly, probably uh, probably Brad Slaughter would be my pick. I know that's kind of a uh, I know that's kind of a uh, hot take or whatever you want to call it, or out of left field. Uh, but Brad's a pretty chill guy. Uh, he's quick. He's he's clean for the most part. Knows how to race. Has good racing etiquette. Uh, doesn't get in doesn't get in any trouble. So if I had to go outside of my team, which to be clear, I'm a hundred percent satisfied with my team. But if I was if I had to pick, if I could just pluck anybody I wanted to. Uh, and they'd say yes. I, I'd pick Brad Slaughter for sure. Hunter, I heard you had a little reaction to that. I thought I don't know why. I thought he was going to choose Beckner. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> I, I was thinking, you know, you were going to go towards the Cameron Hearn route again, or even, you know, I mean, Jake Nichols is obviously probably one of the fastest guys, hands down. So I was more so curious to hear if you were going to go that route. But Brad's Brad's definitely not a bad pick either. I could see why. And he, he would really fit in well, I feel like, with your team, just vibe-wise, you know what I mean? So that, that's a that's not a bad pick, I don't think. So Yeah, I mean, and I, I like racing against Jake, you know. I, I um I almost, like, don't want him on my team for that reason. It's, it's a challenge, you know. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating. Obviously, it's frustrating to lose uh, to him because he's, he's just so good, you know. You know, obviously, with him being a former Coke Series driver, you know, that's – He's so good, and it's such a challenge. It's frustrating to lose, but like like tonight, you know, it's so rewarding to uh, to you know la- you know outlast him there at the end of a race. So yeah. I like I like that, and I, I really enjoy that part of it. What what was that initial reaction when you finally first off when you made it to the white flag because it was getting down to the wire there? I think it was like a 20, 30 lap green flag run to the finish. So one, what was that reaction when you finally made it to the white flag and you knew it was going to end for sure? And then two, when you crossed the finish line to actually take the win? Yeah, my my first thought was just don't wall it. Just do not make a mistake on the last lap and wall it. Because uh, it, it, it did get pretty tight on the exit of the corners. So I just didn't want to make a mistake, you know. And uh, when I finally crossed the finish line, it was just relief that uh, I finally got 
finally got the monkey off my back. Got a win. I'm locked into the uh, playoffs for the Cup Series. That opens up so much, so much stuff, you know, that I can try. Especially at Coda with pit strategy, we have that, you know, caution a third of the way through the race. So it affords you a little opportunity to try something different. I don't have to race for points anymore. Um, so it was just when I crossed the finish line to take the checkered. It, it was just a lot of a lot of weight off my shoulders. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. And Hunter, I kind of want to open the door. If you got anything you wanted to ask him, I have a couple of like, you know, questions to end it on. But if you had anything you wanted to ask David, or if you were just kind of listening and, and, and following there. I'm just I'm just kind of listening. I, I mean, quite literally, just three minutes ago, I got sidetracked by this. We're, we're By the way, we're recording this almost at midnight on, on Monday, about to be Tuesday. A flock of geese literally just flew, like, it hovered over my house for, like, the last 30 seconds to a minute. I was just so flabbergasted. I'm like, it's almost midnight. What are you doing up this late? <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it, so I'm just kind of caught well, off guard by that. I, I've been distracted by the constant Discord pinging as you get after every uh, race, you know, I hear in it. the league. <laughs> I hear it, <Yeah>. too. <laughs> Yeah, so that's been distracting me. But no, so David, man, first off, thanks for hopping on here, man. And like I said, wasn't even, (laughs) was already scheduled before you ended up winning the race. So it just made it even better that you were able to come uh, onto the podcast after you were able to get the win. Um, I did call call my shot. I did call my shot today. You did. I did say, you messaged me and said, hey, after the race, we're going to do this. I said, well, you're going to catch me after victory line. Yeah, you totally, MJ called your shot um or kobe i don't know which one one of them probably called their shots a lot but um that was, so babe ruth. It, that was I, baseball my guy babe ruth yeah okay babe ruth <laughs> to kind of end it on and and you know looking forward you know what's your plans with your team for the end of this season and going into next season and just your plans as a driver also yeah i mean as as far as the cup series goes you know the cup guys whoever wants to return they they're free to return you know i I think we've had a, you know, overall pretty good season. I think we entered tonight, you know, third in the team points, you know, we, and we'd be a lot closer if, you know, if just a few uh, cautions hadn't flown when they did, uh, we'd be a lot closer to solar flare uh, in those, in those standings. So uh, the cup series, I have zero concerns with the truck series. So I'm an admin um, in the truck series. Um, not it's, I mean, it's not difficult to stay unbiased, but just, I don't, um, I just don't want – I don't know if I'll have a truck series next season, a, a, a truck team. It's um, it's just a lot to manage, um, and uh, I just um, – I don't want anybody out there, you know, thinking I, I'm, I'm swaying calls and whatnot, and uh, not, not to say people are, uh, but uh, it's just a lot to manage. I, I, I've been thinking about instead of having a truck team, having an Xfinity team and running full-time Xfinity next season, I'm not 100% sure. I, t- I did tell my girlfriend this year I was going to cut down to two nights a week, and uh, here you I am. For I'm, the most part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, here I am. I'm going to end up finishing the season, and I'm only going to be short of playoff contention out of for two races. I've ran. I'll, I'll have run ten of the twelve um, Xfinity races. So I just enjoy racing. It's hard for me to stay off of it, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I know you don't want to probably touch on it too much, but just you know, because I'm curious as well. What is, what is that like, you know, admitting the truck series, you know, you have your trucks out there, you have co-admins every night, Carter Coop jumps up there, Rafe Slate jumps up there that are also uh, not affiliated with your team. So it kind of keeps you honest within itself. Uh, but what has it been like trying to manage, you know, that expectation that 
David Weishart Racing is in the Truck Series, and, and David Weishart's also an admin of the Truck Series. What has that been like? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the hardest part about the whole thing is not being too hard on my guys. Uh, I, there's, I think there's been a couple times, I, I've a couple incidents that could have gone either way, and, I, and I've called it on them. And then that even goes back to last season. You could probably ask uh my the, my uh admin from partner a driver's last. perspective i would agree i know half the time a david weishart racing truck is in a caution they most of the time the dwr truck is the one that gets deemed at fault and even i've told you that i've said you know it looks almost like you're calling it harder on your own guys if anything yeah and uh i i hold my drivers to a high high standard they know that uh they've uh there was a incident earlier this year where one of my drivers got into uh, got into it with another driver, and they were kind of going back and forth. And I I had to PM them and tell them to stop. You know, we're 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 above all that. We're not going to get sucked into uh, making every dispute public and and all that stuff. You got a problem with him, take it up with him personally. We don't need it all over. We don't need it all over the public channels. And uh, so I, I hold my team to a very high standard. Um, and I and as a result of that, I probably grade them on a harsher curve. So, mm -hmm. uh, from that, from that standpoint, I am a little bit harsher on them. And, uh, you know, as on the admin side of the whole thing, you know, I, you could probably ask anybody in here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty lenient with, uh, with calls. I, I probably call more racing incidents than any other admin, um, any other admin out there. I'm just, uh, I'm just not that big on getting real nitpicky tic tac with, uh, with how a call gets made. So I'm pretty lenient on that side, you know, and, uh, we've had some, had some drivers upset with us with some calls this year. It, uh, it's kind of hard, uh, as you know, uh, that second seat, that second admin seats, just, it's been kind of like a revolving door this year in the truck series. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to really get any, uh, not really hard. We just had some inconsistency with calls made, uh, because, of there'll be a precedent of a certain call earlier in the season. And then, you know, the same kind of incident will happen, but it'll be someone else beside me making the call. Right. And, uh, the same call doesn't get made. So we've had, we've had a couple people kind of upset with us over this season and we're, we're working on to get that better. Uh, for sure. Obviously all the admins, they do their, they do their best to call the race as fair as they, as fair as they possibly can. Uh, so, you know, any, anybody that comes up after the race, if they got a complaint with us, you know, you know, we're always, uh, you know, looking to learn how we can make things better for us and them, you know, it, it makes the whole league better when that goes smoothly. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, first off, or I guess not first off, finally, I do want to say, man, like I said, shout out and, and for your win tonight and, and thanks for coming on here and staying up late. I know it's past midnight for you guys on, on the East coast. Um, but, uh, man, I appreciate it. It was a pretty cool interview. I think it's going to be cool uh, to listen back to you also on the podcast. And uh, appreciate you hopping in here, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Anytime. I want to say, for the record, I picked Skyoli to win the cup race. And I did put DWR in the in the chat with the channel points. So I came home big there. Yeah. Hey, I, I said David Weishart Racing was, was going to be fast tonight. And technically, hey, they still got the dub. You could argue that, you know, Grant and Skyoli and Sidefight and really were probably going to finish top five. So you guys had the speed tonight, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you definitely put the uh, you put the pressure on us with uh, last week's episode. You know, it. Uh, <laughs> we, we put in quite a bit of practice. We didn't want to fall on our face. So uh, luckily, you know, we came home with the win with me. And, and like you said, you know, uh, 
I think Seidenfeiden was, uh, you know, Grant qualified second. He does not, he does not qualify well. Um, so when I saw he qualified second, I knew he was going to be a problem. I think he got caught up in an accident with a lap car and Seidenfeiden was up there at the end running, you know, board, uh, edge of the top five, solidly in the top 10. I think he hit the wall there on the uh, final restart and it just kind of hampered his car and, and uh, otherwise, we were we were set up for at least three of us there in the uh, yep. top five, probably. And James, you know, was always he was probably going to get a solid top ten out of it. So that was a little disappointing on that end. Uh, but uh, you know, sometimes that that stuff just happens. Yep. Yep. Well, hey, you got the dub anyways, man. Locked into the playoffs. So appreciate you hopping on, and uh, I guess that'll that'll wrap up the interview, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed this podcast. I enjoyed listening last week for the first episode and can't wait to listen to this one and all the future ones, man. So uh, keep it going and uh, everybody, everybody enjoys it. Right on, man. That interview with David Weishart was brought to you by AreaIRacing.shop. Everybody listening right now, I bet you guys didn't know that we have custom merchandise for everybody in our league, drivers, commentators even <laughs> hunter sleppy's got his own co- collection in there uh, the louisiana really cool dive bomb had to get the it louisiana in. dive bomb got some really cool merch there hoodies stickers shirts long sleeves everything if you guys are listening you can use discount code happy hour at checkout it's going to save you 10 percent at areairacing.shop you can go www.areairacing.shop or you can go through our website and click on the shop button on areairacing.com Either way, use code Happy Hour at checkout. Save 10% on all orders. And want to thank AreaIRacing.shop for that interview with David Weisart. You guys just heard. All right, Hunter. So now it's time to recap last weekend's race in NASCAR and look ahead uh, to this weekend's race. And let's start. Let's actually start with the race in Portland since we had two at Gateway, one at Portland. Um, I was actually in Vegas last weekend. Had a great weekend. So I didn't get to watch all of Portland. Uh, but I did see what happened with Jesse Wuji, and that definitely caught my attention. There was, yeah, there was a good, and I, I gotta be honest. After the first stage, I was just like, okay, it's gonna be a Ty Gibbs domination. I literally took a nap. I woke up with ten to go and saw that Jade Buford and I think the sixty-six of JJ Yale or Tim Miller, someone were like, they were sitting one two. I'm like, what? What did I miss? Like what? I took it. I didn't expect to take a nap that long because you know I'm watching the race with Jordan Martin, and I tell Jordan, "Okay, we'll take a nap. If anything happens, just yell. It'll wake me up." And you know he didn't wake me up, and then I came back with ten to go, and then I'm like, "Dude, what? All this stuff's happening, and you never did." Well, I didn't know when to wake you up. I'm like, "What? Any excitement that happens, wake me up." <laughs> so I was yeah. asleep for most of the Portland race, and boy. I, I miss some stuff. Yeah, Jesse Jesse Uji was the first thing that jumps off of the page to me when you look at <laughs> the fact that they were under caution and I guess Ty Gibbs just got ran over from the 34. I saw after the race, I guess Jesse said that he thought he was supposed to pass Ty, thought Ty was giving him the bottom. Wasn't. It <laughs> didn't work. Um, I don't know if that really affected Ty Gibbs' race too much. Like I said, I wasn't really able to watch all of it, but from what I did catch at the end, Saw A.J. Allmendinger sneak through. It looked like for a second Mike Snyder was going to win the race. So it was entertaining, but it was also kind of a shit show. I mean, we were racing in the rain, wet tires, all that, and it was kind of a mess. Yeah. I, when I started watching, I watched for almost an hour and, and didn't even see a green flag lap. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the hour that I was asleep for because I took a yeah. nap. And 
uh yeah but uh, like i said that first stage i, I don't know it was just like ugh, boring a little bit because you know ty gibbs was lean but when i when i would when i went to take my nap aj almondinger was a lap down he couldn't even do a pace lap at portland he had to he was going through the grass how to bring the car down pit road but yeah i, I took a nap he was a lap down obviously some things happened and i woke up and all of a sudden he had a fast car all of a sudden i'm like what how, how he, he was not going to get denied either. He made sure he got up there. No, Mm-mm. He, he deserved it. He, he, hey, if you're lapped down and win the race, you, you deserve it in my book. So I give him credit for that. Um, what we had Friday night was Friday night the Gateway Race. Or they, they ran that on Saturday, Saturday during the day. That's they ran right. it before the Portland race. Yep, that's right. That's right. I was going through uh, this. I was actually at the Circa Casino in Vegas when the truck race was on. And first off, Carson Hosovar. How about that whole clip where he's like in the car? like calling out for the safety workers to come help him is a little eye-opening, I feel like, especially when you compare it to, like, the safety crews we just saw at the yeah. 500. See, the only, the only, here's the thing. The only downside I have with that, and it's not on the safety workers because people are, like, complaining about the safety workers and whatnot. The problem is he, he put the window net down. And typically, uh, over the years, that's been a sign of, okay, I'm okay, da 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 da, da. If he left the window net up, then they probably would have been there a lot sooner. But they're so used to drivers just having the window net down. They're like, oh, they're 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 probably okay. But you know, if you looked at the wreck, it, he got hit driver's side. You know, you got yeah, actually I, got hit like right behind the left front tire, which is kind of dangerously around that you know that well where your legs are in. You know, yeah. by the throttle, the brake pedal, all that stuff. Yeah, but you know. That's the that's the only issue I have. If you're like, like if you're hurt, leave the window net up. I know it's not like good, but if you leave the window net down, they they're gonna think that okay, he's okay. But if they leave it up, they're like, oh, this dude's probably in in some sort of pain and he can't get out of the car. He might not even be conscious. You don't know. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, he he was cleared uh, by doctors to race at Sonoma this week. Daniel Suarez will be like on the sidelines waiting in, in case, you know, he needs to go out. Yeah, um, I heard but, I heard both of them might practice the truck just in case, you know, we'll yeah. get Suarez in. They'll have practice. like a they'll have like a fifty minute practice session because trucks haven't been to Portland Portland. They haven't been to Sonoma in a while. Um yeah. they have all, they also haven't been to Portland in a while since the late nineties. Um but yeah, they'll try and get both of those drivers in. But good to see that Josevar is okay and going to try and toughen this one out and race at Sonoma. Yeah. And then uh, we'll preview Sonoma here in a second. Then we had the cup race at gateway. Pretty good race. Honestly, I, I was listening to that one on the way home, listened to the entire thing on Sirius XM watched a little bit where I could. Um, I liked it. I, I thought it was a good fit. I think St. Louis is definitely a town that, that needs like a NASCAR track. Um, just that area of the country. It, it, you know, I guess, I guess Missouri is their second track. I think Kansas is in Kansas city, Missouri, but uh, you know, still a really good area of the country that I think needed to be hit. And uh, I think the, the track performed both in area and, and in real life. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even know that the track was nearing, you know, foreclosure or bankruptcy or whatever back in 2010. And then, you know, I watched the first truck race that they had in 2014. I'm like, Man, this is a really good track. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why they ever stopped going here. And, you know, somehow they got a cup race back before. An Xfinity race. Uh, I loved the Xfinity series going to Gateway. 
I don't know why we don't go there. I mean, Portland's okay, but I really want to see those Xfinity cars back at Gateway. And, you know, the fact that they got a cup race and all the renovations that they've done to the track, whether it's fan experience, a repave of the track, redoing the infield, whatever it is, Gateway, it it didn't disappoint. Oh, the first stage, mm, we were watching it with a group of people. They were like, man, this race stinks. Like, there's nothing going on. And then Ross Chastain heard what Wiseart says, like, oh, okay, I'm going to spice we'll things up a bit. <laughs> well, bam, into Hamlin. And then, well, bam, in the Chase Elliott. And then the next restart, Chase Elliott, well, bam, in the Ross. And then Hamlin was doing an absolute troll job of just trying to slow the one down, not even trying to wreck him, just moving him low, stopping in front of him. It's like something that we've seen uh, multiple times, Jake, in, in like our NASCAR leagues that we would do back on Xbox. Like... <laughs> It was a it was a troll job. That's the best way to put it. It was it was literally a troll job where one guy would be mad at another driver, and then they would like try and stop them or try to wreck them. But the driver they're trying to wreck, they know that they're gonna get wrecked, so they just don't even try to go around it. They're just riding <laughs> snail space. Well, it, it's that perfect. It. It's that perfect thing because then you know. You get in trouble with the the league owner, the admins, whatever. Hey, I, I never wrecked a guy. Technically, Danny didn't. Danny didn't didn't wreck Ross. Ross just was too scared to pass him because Danny was doing everything he could to try to block him and and throw his game off. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Danny kind of made some threats after the race, like he was gonna you know take it a step further right when you know the playoffs are coming around. So we'll see if it happens. And then you had Joey and Kyle Busch, like ultimate rivals, like the dudes legitimately don't like each other. Uh, going for the win at Gateway in front of a sold-out crowd in St. Louis. I mean, it's like uh, like a perfect script, honestly, for NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, kind of kind of expected to be sold out for first ever Cup race. Um, really, it was a really good race, but like, you know, I've never seen the Turn One and Two grandstands actually be used at Gateway. I'm like, why do you even have it there if you're not going to use it? Well, they, it, it looks cool when it's full. Yeah, oh it yeah, great. absolutely. The front stretch absolutely packed. Turn One and Two packed. Really good stuff. And like you mentioned, Joey Logano and Kyle Busch. Man, I, if that caution doesn't come out for Kevin Harvick, that would have been a great finish regardless. Yep. Uh, they had a green-white checker. And for some reason, Joey Logano likes to win at the first race at a new track that the Cup cars go to, whether it's the Coliseum, Bristol Dirt, Gateway. It don't matter. I mean, Kyle Larson won at Nashville. Um, but other than that, it's just Joey Logano winning at a new track. Nothing new. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to like the schedule the next couple of years because I saw um, that uh, Steve Phelps was over in San, San Francisco today uh, talking about their scheduling for 2023. I guess it's going to come out in August and, you know, they're going to look. I think his quote was that he's going to continue being bold with the schedule, which means that we're going to continue getting random ass tracks and, and random new cities. So I'm kind of for it. I'm, I don't know if I'm sold on the street courses yet, but everything outside of that I'm, I'm into um, but speaking of street courses, we got a road course this weekend. We got Sonoma uh, for the Cup and the Truck Series. Obviously, Xfinity Series is off, I think, for two weeks. They don't come back until NBC is our broadcast now for NASCAR, I believe. Yep. Um, so we're going to get to watch the trucks. I'm excited because the trucks are my favorite series, and Sonoma is I, – I like Sonoma this layout that they're going to be running, the original layout versus the you know the one we ran the last couple years. Um, and then bringing the trucks back to it, it's going to be a, a, a nice mix. So I'm excited for this week. I think it's going to be two good races. 
I wanted to go now that I'm out here in California. And then I looked it up and it's like a seven and a half hour drive to Sonoma. So I guess I'll hold off on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Sonoma, they're going back to the OG layout of the track back when they last ran it in 2018. Because 2019 yeah. and 2021, they ran the carousel part in the infield, like the... Uh, uh, the the track before they you know added on to it um and you know uh, uh, i was like oh this is new i'm okay to new and then saw the first race there that they ran the other portion of the track and i'm like yeah nah it doesn't hit the same so they're going back to the old layout where you'd see those cars get super wide and nearly hit the wall that sticks yes. out. Yes, <laughs> that was what I was about to say. That's the, like that's like one of the best corners in, in the season. Oh, absolutely. You have them like going downhill into that sharp right-hander, like you said, going off track and squeezing back in before the wall peeks out and then straight down into the hairpin turn is like, it's chef's kiss. It's perfect. I love yes, it. Yes, absolutely. I <laughs> can't wait to see that for not only the cup cars, but the trucks as well. That'll be And fun. then... I, you know, I honestly, for trucks, I'm not sure is who's running the seven truck. Do they got announced? Uh, I'm assuming the Hendrick guys in the truck this weekend. Uh, I believe it's Bowman. I believe it's Alex Bowman. That's okay. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I think whoever is in that truck is, is going to be a heavy favorite. And then obviously Kyle Busch and the 51 is almost a lock as you can get, but we'll see. We'll see how the truck race goes. And then the cup race on Sunday, it's going to be what Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson. That's probably it uh yeah i mean maybe you you never know uh i'll say there's a good there's gonna be a good bit of uh cup drivers trying to go in and get some uh experience with the truck before they get into the cup car i mean it wouldn't hurt yeah uh, i think it's a good deal too yeah Track so alex is... alex bowman's in the seven harrison burton's in the 17 austin Dillon is in the the number 20 car that's, uh, uh austin wayne self to... oh no that's the boyd spencer boyd's truck i guess yeah that's the number 20 uh ross chastain's gonna be in the 41 uh daniel suarez might be in the 42 the 42 for yeah kosovar well, he'll be in it at some know. point we just don't know if it'll be during the race i guess he'll definitely yeah. be there for practice and kyle bush we already know he's gonna be in there yeah so i'm looking forward to watching that race what is it saturday i'm assuming during the day Saturday at I believe seven fifty. Oh yeah, because we're on the west late, coast. A little late on the east coast, so yep. yeah, it's going to be seven thirty for the truck race and four p.m. Eastern for the cup race. Yeah, so that'll be fun to watch this re- weekend, and then like perfectly in sync. Somehow our area schedule is like really off sync with NASCAR, but at the same time, it's like on sync because they're going to Sonoma Road Course Racing. We're going road course racing next week. We got Coda. Uh, I like how you wrote. Did you write this in the notes? Giant ass road course. Yes, I like it. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to think. Our lap times are you know two minutes, fifteen seconds. We're going to be running around there. Um, we have the, that caution that that's coming out last year. Our cautions were at the fifty percent mark of the race. This year, it's going to be at the one third mark of the race. And we're only running 30 laps in the Cubs series. So it's going to be a caution <laughs> on lap 10. I think the pace laps are like five minutes a piece. Um, so Hunter, you might want to get some commercials or something ready for the broadcast on Monday. Cause we're going to be under caution for like 15 uh, straight minutes there. Yeah. Uh, but at least you only have one caution in that race. And then, you know, the rest of it's going to be going green early favorites. David Weishart's going to kill me for saying this, but Nick Johnston, uh, 
has been getting talked up like crazy. He ran our testing race we had in the offseason. We ran the next gens at Coda. He was very fast. David Weishart was very fast as well as Cameron Hearn. Um, but then a sleeper pick was the guy you picked at Charlotte. James Scioli is a sneaky, sneaky good road course racer. So I would definitely watch for him as well on Monday. Uh, but I'm more excited about the track. I think Coda is going to be cool. Uh, when we when we kind of brought up the schedule, Hunter, you know, a lot of the things the admin team look at is what would we race best on and how do we take advantage of the service that we have with iRacing. And initially, our, our kind of rough draft of the schedule, I had just put Watkins Glen back on there. It's a road course we went to last season. It's a great road course. It's consistent. You always kind of get the same racing. I was cool just going back there. Uh, but then a lot of the admins and the admin team kind of talked to me and said, look, man, we have this great service with so many different road courses and all of them are pretty good for the most part. It would almost be like a disservice to just stick at Watkins Glen every season. Uh, so we switched it up. So we're going to Coda and uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm interested as well. And if oh, those pace laps are going to be something else, there yeah. better only be two, like two pace laps. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the only thing I am worried about. I, you know, a lot of times it'll give you those quick cautions, but if there is a lap car, sometimes it adds an extra lap. Uh, so I guess just uh, if you're watching at home or if you're in the broadcast booth, just hope nobody gets lapped before like lap 10. So then at least it shortens the caution by an extra lap. That That's going to be the goal. Yeah, uh, man, th those are going to be something else. Those pace laps are going to feel like an eternity. Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, and then I'm the track alone. To the race, though. Yeah. yeah, the track alone is interesting. You got that super tight. I guess it's not really tight. It's just a sharp turn one, that hairpin turn, a lot of real estate. Uh, we're probably in the cup cars. Everybody's probably going to wreck and turn one. Honestly, everybody all week's going to wreck and turn one. Probably it, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shit show, um, but that's going to be fun. You know, we got uh, we got a good race. I think for for Monday's going to be exciting. I'm more excited to see if all the uh, the shit talking I was doing with David Weishart and Cameron Hearn really works. Um, because I, I want to see them go out there and, and really put on a good show for everybody watching. Yeah, I feel like the trouble spots are probably going to be turn one going uphill and then coming back down through the S's. I feel yeah, like the rest S's of the track it'll be rest of the track it'll be fine. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to probably the Xfinity cars the most because yeah. Travis, Travis Beckner, he, he's been a huge advocate for one to come back in the cup series and do Coda, but uh, we'll have to hold off for, uh, I believe the truck series also, but the Xfinity cars, no, I he, feel like Travis, he'll be one. To, I'll be like, he'll be one to watch out for there. I'm already calling it. Beckner is my pick for the <laughs> Lodge box series. Travis does race on Tuesday too. He is in the truck series, so I'm sure he's going to be a factor there. But the most important thing I think for this Coda race that a lot of people aren't really thinking about is that playoff battle. That playoff battle that we were talking about earlier on um, in the show. You know, a lot of these guys are 15 points out, 15 points in, whatever it may be. My situation on Tuesday, I think I'm about 20 points above the cut line, but I am terrible at road course. I'm I've never been a good road course racer. It's been something I kind of tried to work on a little bit the last six months. Worked on my road license on iRacing um, to try to just get more experience. I'm just not good at it. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch how those bubble guys perform and, you know, who practices because they need to, you know, try to stay in the playoffs. I know Ryan Swan, like we were talking about, trying to maintain his spot in the cup playoffs. He's been practicing the cup car at Coda. 
So I'm, I'm more curious to see how the non-road course racers fare at a track like Coda, you know, with some practice and uh, trying to hold on to that playoff spot. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting there as well. So um, Launchbox already made my pick from uh, Travis Beckner. I'm going to go we, with We Ryan. can't do our picks just yet. We, we got to recap our picks. We got to recap our picks um uh, in the next okay. segment yeah. and then okay. we'll, then we'll do the recap and then we'll do our our new picks but uh yeah so i i guess we can edit there for coda and uh we'll move on over to our picks whoa 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 all right all right hold up hold up we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves we need a little refresh here from our sponsor at swift lifestyles fans be sure to visit our sponsor swift lifestyles for clean supplements that can help improve your focus and gaming like me, I, I need I need a little replenish in my energy right now. I'm starting to lose it a little bit. Uh, I got to get refocused back in, and luckily I can use discount code Area I Racing for 15% off my entire order. Like I could buy the whole website and save 15% off. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, and Jake mentioned they got some merch as well. Like they got comfy shorts that you know I'm a big shorts guy, so I always enjoy comfy pair of shorts and i gotta admit they are pretty comfy uh but go ahead and shorts guy huh (laughs) big shorts guy yeah absolutely go ahead and check them out swift lifestyle use the discount code area i racing for 15 percent off uh your entire order could be my order could be your order could be anyone's order uh but now that we got that i'm refocused replenished let's get back to it all right we're back we're ready to make our picks we're ready to recap our picks as well. So let's go ahead yes. and do that, Jake. So we, we made some picks back in episode one for Charlotte. Now, uh, for the cup side of things, uh, I didn't get the driver <laughs> right, but I got the team right. So I really don't know what this whole points thing is looking because it's looking like you got more points than me, and I don't even know how this works. Well, yeah, we uh, we went ahead. You picked Skyoli on Monday night. He ended up with a 17th place finish, got you 27 points. I took Cameron Hearn for Monday night. He got me a 7th place finish, which, by the way, interesting stat, boring stat probably for a lot of these people. Cameron Hearn's done 70-something races in the league. He's only finished 6th through 10th twice. He's got one 6th place finish and one 7th place finish. So pretty much if he's going to finish in the top 10, it's going to be inside the top 5. So interesting stat. He knocked the uh, the 7th place finish off of his resume. So now you can add that to his uh, area history stats. But yeah, he got me a 7th place finish, 38 points. So technically I beat you on Monday night by a little how bit. Got an 11 point gap how, there. How, how do the points work? Why why does Jessica only have 27 and Hearn has 30? How does that so We're going by f- finishing position. Like whatever finishing position points they would get, that's the points we're going with. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that's why you got to pick like people that are consistent a little bit too. So that they can, you know, get you some points, even if they don't win. Um, so yeah, I got, that was our picks on Monday night, Tuesday night. You took Paul Urban, which honestly not a bad pick. I, I was kind of vibing with it there. Um, I was actually racing around Paul at the very end of the race. We had a photo finish for 13th, by the way, not that anybody in the world cares about it, but to me, it was cool. <laughs> uh, you took Paul Urban. He got you a 14th place finish, but Hunter, but he led 10 laps, so he got a bonus point there. Hey, he got he the pole. Got, and he got the pole, so he got two bonus points. That's why he ended up with 32 points um, off of that 14th place finish on Tuesday night. And then I took Garrett Grant, honestly almost won the freaking race, led the most laps. Uh, he got me 39 points. Like I said, he led a lap and led the most laps, so a couple bonus points there. And then transitioning over to Thursday night, 
uh, for our Lodge Box Series picks, you went ahead and took Richard Thomas yep. uh, w- with a solid race. Honestly, probably could have finished a couple of positions better than, than where he did. He was having a really good night. Finished 15th, though, ultimately got you 29 points on the day. And then I took Colin Fambro, who was a sneaky, sneaky, almost winner on Thursday night. Um, if he hadn't got into that trouble with, uh, I believe it was a lap car at the time, and uh, ended his night. But he got me a 28th place finish. My worst night of the week with 17 points. But when you put the total together from our three nights of picks, you ended up with 88. Go figure. That's your number. I ended up with 94. So I did get that six-point lead already after week one. But now we got picks for week two, and and you get to go first. Yeah, I'll say 88 ever. Shout out, Dale Jr. Best race car driver ever. Don't care what anyone (laughs) has to say. It's not Kyle Larson. It's not Kyle Busch. It ain't Dale Sr. It's Dale Jr., baby. Um, But, yeah, going ahead, the Xfinity. uh, I already made my pick. Let's do Cup first. Let's do Cup. Let's do Cup. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, Gosh, Cup. It's going to be tough. Everybody's picking Nick Johnston. Um, <laughs> I, I'm hyping him up so much so that hopefully he underdelivers is as honestly the goal. Because if Nick Johnson wins, it puts a lot of my team in jeopardy for playoffs. So personal uh, vendetta there. Man, you know what? I'm gonna go with him, Nick Johnson. Give it oh, to me. I was gonna pick him to like double down on it, but <laughs> I don't. I, I I like it though. So you're gonna take Nick Johnson. Yeah. You probably just became public enemy number one for Cameron Hearn and David Weisart. Um. So. Bold strategy there. I am going to go – this is tough. Well, I'm going to go with, I guess, what the ultimate plan is, right? If I keep hyping up Nick Johnston, hopefully it makes David Weishart and Cameron Hearn and James Scarlett, hopefully it makes all those guys put in a shit ton of practice so that they come out blazing fast on Monday. That's the goal. And I'm going to I'm gonna hope it works. So I guess if you're going to take Nick Johnston, I got to go with last week's winner. He's going to go back to back. This is like the David Weishart episode, I guess, because we had him on the pod. We <laughs> talked about how he won. And I'm going to pick him for Monday night. David Weishart is going to be my pick. All right. Those are going to be our cup picks. Now shifting gears over to the truck side of things because the trucks are Tuesday night. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Ryan Hartz. I feel like he'll be one Ooh. to watch out for the road courses. I I don't know about Hartz's road course ability. I feel like I've never even seen him on a road course. So um, guess I guess that's a good pick. I mean, he is one of my drivers, my teammate on, on JBR. So I'll say that's a great pick, actually. Um, hopefully we can get that number three Rick's Hot Sauce Chevy up front and in victory lane. But I am going to pick... The guy who won the road course race last season, he did have to put the bumper to Travis Beckner at Watkins Glen, but I think I think he's just going to come out and, and and kind of flex a little bit more muscle. And if not, I think he at least gets me good points. So give me James Shanewolf, that number thirty one truck on Tuesday night. Ooh, okay, okay. So those are our picks for the truck series and Lodgebox. Already made my pick, Travis Beckner. He's been itching to get back in the Cup Series and run the road course race, but. Unfortunately, he cannot do that. So he'll he'll give it his all for Thursday night in the Lodge Box series. Beckner's my pick. No and ifs or buts about it. I like it. I, I mean, honestly, that that is a good pick. If if anybody in here knows Travis Beckner and how he's on how he's been on the road courses, you would understand uh, that that's a great pick. But I am gonna go. I feel like my voice is starting to go. By the way, um, a lot of <laughs> lot a lot of talking tonight. Um, but anyways, I am gonna go Thursday night. The guy who should have won the Daytona road course probably last season in Xfinity if it wasn't the most fucked up race ever where he got DQ'd actually halfway through the race. I'm going to go James Scioli 
Uh, Could have went with him on Monday night, but instead I'm going to go with his teammate. So Thursday night, give me the number seven. James Gioli, Rick's Hot Sauce, Chevrolet goes to victory lane at Coda. Mm, Okay, okay. So those are our picks for Coda. And in the next episode, we'll be talking about how our picks did. And uh, we'll be talking about it with our next guest. Who is it going to be? Oh, you don't know just yet. Gotta we, we wait need until we episode need number three. Yeah, we need we need you guys. Let us know who should be the guest for episode number three. Honestly, there wasn't a huge outcry after episode number one, so we kind of went with who we thought was a safe bet. We wanted to talk to Wisehart. He's one of our good buddies. We talked to him all the time, so kind of kind of flowed naturally. But who's going to be a good guest for episode number three? You guys are going to have to let us know. I don't know. It's it's the Dale episode, so we might have to get someone who's Ooh, big. Maybe big Ryan Hart drives the number yeah. three. Oh, Ooh. maybe. Maybe. Who knows? knows? Got to stick with the three for Dale, huh? Yeah, three for Dale. I was going to say maybe maybe Cameron Hearn as well because he was a little uh, little no, no, no. upset. I, he was a little upset that he didn't get to be the first interviewed. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that was a great video. If you guys haven't seen that video, go to our Twitter at Area Happy Hour and go to you see Cameron Hearn crying because that video is hilarious that he, like Hunter said, he wasn't the first guest, started crying about it. Great video, 10 <laughs> out of 10. Um but yeah, no, I like the idea of that though. For the Dale episode number three, maybe we got to do. You know who's a big Dale Earnhardt fan? Actually, Dale Senior fan really is Brad Slaughter. Oh, and Dale Junior fan, maybe okay. Brad Slaughter. Who knows? Hey, that's a lot of good guests uh, right there. I, I yep. said though, Cameron Hearn. We we're gonna have to make him wait. We're gonna have to push that episode like back to episode <laughs> twenty or something. So I, who knows? Who knows? We're gonna have to see what what you guys say on, on the uh, on the social channels on the YouTube when this premieres Friday at probably like noon i guess eastern time um and then obviously it's gonna be playing on spotify like friday morning early um but we'll be putting it out there tomorrow so yeah yeah that's what we got yep i think we're gonna cut it here because it's almost 3 a.m and my voice is gone (laughs) jake's voice is gone i'll I'll take it over from here but like i said it's almost 3 a.m here on the east coast jake's voice is almost gone it's almost midnight over there in california yeah kind of kind of nuts but yeah, we'll be talking more about everything that happened from Coda for area, everything that happened in Sonoma for NASCAR, and everything in between with our special guest, who you'll have to wait until episode three to figure out who that is. And until then, we'll see you guys later. Bye.